Hi, this is Chris Dunham with Home Matters, investing in your children's future. Today we have a special guest. We're talking to Mike Backtold. Yes. Right. And uh, the interesting about Mike, which we're going to talk about, is you've all been been listening and understanding how I'm extremely vocal and talk about Skylar's situation all the time. We call it the Skylar situation. She's uh, back in rehab now. This is, I think, the 12th day she's been back. She actually is more paying attention now than she has before with okay. meetings and stuff. She had this revelation yesterday after meeting that she didn't lose everything to heroin. Mm -hmm. She gave it all away. Yes. Which I yep. think was powerful for mm -hmm. her because it shows she's actually engaged this time. Yep. Whereas before she's kind of just walked through the motion, gone through the motions. Mm -hmm. So now she's actually engaged in the process. She's actually working the NAS, NA steps. Her sponsor this time is a heroin addict in recovery. Mm -hmm. So that's a nice segue to Mike. Yes. So M Mike has been clean for how long? Uh, coming up on two and a half years. And your drug of choice? My drug of choice was heroin. Was heroin. Yep. Yep. Started off alcohol, cocaine, right. and uh, went to pills. And then uh, when I couldn't get those from the doctor anymore, yeah. I did what I had to do and I did heroin. So the I've talked about that before, how people get addicted to oxy mm -hmm. and things like that, the pills, yep. the prescription pills, right? Mm -hmm. And then they can't get that anymore because some of the doctors actually have morals and will stop prescribing, yep. correct? Yep. So then it's a natural transition to heroin because it's cost effective, mm -hmm. right? So you yep. got 20 bucks, you can get hot. Yeah. Exactly. And this was, was this here in Arizona? This was here in Arizona, Okay. Yes. What, what part of the valley? Uh, around uh, the 16th Street and the 101, I lived up there. Okay, yep. so, so Phoenix? Yeah, Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, a, a nice area, a fluent area? Oh yeah, nice area, I lived in a gated community. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I had a wow. great house. I mean, I had, I have uh, three kids. One of them technically is my stepdaughter, but right. I call her my daughter. Okay. And she's coming up on six months sober. We'll get nice. to that in okay. a minute. Okay, awesome. Yeah, on, uh, the awesome. Ninth. Yes. That's Oh, see, ninth, ninth is my sober birthday. Ninth is my sober birthday. Right day on, too. Yeah. Boom. Uh huh. So I got 13 years. I just had yeah. my 13 years February 9th. Yeah. So you had two years or what? Yeah, two years, October 9th. Okay, cool. So yeah, I'm coming up on two okay. years, five months. Right on. Not to get ahead of myself on the no, two hey, and a half years. That's awesome, man. Yep. yep. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, my journey, I went to treatment uh, two different times. Okay. Uh, so a lot of people say, yeah, I tried to get sober twice. No, I really only tried to get sober once. There you go. Yeah, because right. the right. first time it was uh, my daughter, uh, who was, she would have been 12 at the time, okay. discovered some burnt tinfoil in my closet. Right. Yeah, and uh, she got and on see, her and iPhone I, right, and figured and it out. Right, see I laugh because we saw tinfoil all the time. Yeah. We'd miss tinfoil, we'd lose spoons. Like where uh -huh. the fuck are these spoons at? Yep. Why are we keep having to buy silverware? Uh -huh. Right, because yeah. we didn't realize, mm -hmm. because why would you it's think? It's the tool of the trade. Right, yeah. but why would you think looking at your daughter, oh she's doing heroin? Yeah. Or why would your daughter look at your dad think, oh he's doing heroin? Yep. Because you just you just think, well, shit, she's eating ice cream and hiding the spoon somewhere, uh -huh. you know? Yeah. So we had the same epiphany after the fact. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. this, the third time she went in, I cleaned her purse out and found all this tinfoil. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. But yeah. so now you know, uh -huh. right? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because we can look back on it. Oh, yeah. I, right. I have to laugh right. at all the messed up stuff that I right. did. Otherwise, it'd drive me crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't regret so you, it. It's right. turned me into the person I am right. now. So your 12 year old daughter yeah, discovered tinfoil. Discovers tinfoil. Okay. Uh, I'm divorced at the time. It had been divorced quite a while. Okay. And uh, she calls her mom. Okay. This is on a Sunday. And I found it awful weird that uh, usually at drop off time, I drop them off around six or so. Right. That 
her mom left work and picked her up early. But okay. Uh, but I didn't put that together. And then well, a couple days later, yeah. uh, my ex-wife uh, reached out to my parents, and I get a call from my mom. Oh. Now, how old were you at the time? Oh, I was uh, 38, 39. Okay. And yeah. how old are you now? Uh, 43. Okay. Yep. So, um, I'd see my mom calls and just kind of out of the blue, are you on drugs? I'm like, well, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, because we want to just, yeah, sure, mom. I right. But actually, right. uh, something hit me and I, I called back and I talked to my dad. I said, yes, I am. And yeah. I had done the whole Suboxone thing. Okay, yeah, before. Skylar was doing that. Yep. Okay. And, uh, Gabapentin? No, nope. nope. okay. nope. just did, did the Suboxone, okay. and I told my dad, he's like, well, do you need to go to treatment? I'm like, yeah. no, I'll just do the Suboxone thing yeah. again, and then I actually called him back a couple minutes later. It's like, you know what, I'll go to treatment. Yeah. I'll give it a try. So I'm originally from Washington State, and I flew up to Washington, right. went to a treatment, okay. and uh, I didn't take anything serious of there. Not. I I mean, the stabs and all that, right. and I felt all they want to do is make me cry, and here's right. this lady telling my parents who were basically supporting me sure. at the time because um, they wanted to make sure I was close to my kids sure. and thought I just had a lot of depression from the divorce and right. everything. Kind of. And how long have you been divorced at uh, that point? Oh, God, at that point, it, it was a good four or five years. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So the, and the only reason I bring that up because I want to make a kind of a point that the divorce had nothing to do with you going down this path, right? No. Right. There no. was no, yeah. I mean, been there, done that. It already kind of wounds healed. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay, backing up a little bit. What was it that caused you to get on the prescription painkillers to begin with? Uh, a friend that I was working with just uh, one day showed up and, yeah. he, and he throws me a painkiller. Oh, fuck. Yeah. One of those things? Yeah, one of those so things. So it wasn't even doctor I mean, prescribed. I had, I had heard about painkillers right? before and I'm like, and I had been prescribed them for like dental procedures right. and right. I didn't think anything of right. it. I was like, oh. I don't get it. And then he gave me wow. one and I did feel a little something. Right. And my brain instantly went, one did this, yeah. what three or four do? Right. So okay. Uh, okay. He, I figured out who he got him from. Right. And, and so did. down the rabbit hole you went. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. It, right. And if, yeah. You're, if you're catching this in the middle, this is Home Matters, investing in children's future. We're talking Mike Backhold. He's a recovering heroin addict. Uh, we both share the same sober date, which is the ninth. As yep. does his daughter, which we're going to talk about a little bit. Stepdaughter, Step but still daughter. Daughter, right? yeah. Right, and yep. you and you all know my story with the scholar situation. So uh, we just kind of did a little background, if you will. A friend of him basically threw him a prescription pill, said, "Hey, check it out. Mm -hmm. Painkiller." Yep. He liked it, right? Yep. And it made you all feel fuzzy. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then what can two or three do? Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And well, then you found out who gave him yeah, those. Let's throw a little okay. alcohol in and uh, to oh, intensify God. it because I always had horrible hangovers and I didn't have to drink as much. And I'm like, oh, problem solved. See, I never had bad hangovers because I oh. just drank so much water while I was drinking. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I drank. Okay. I had drinks like it was water. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. I was all in. I mean, I, I call myself an. I'm an alcoholic. Right. Too. I'm oh, everything. Well, no, I'm, I'm an everything. alcoholic yeah. too. But I think if I would have actually had more hangovers, mm -hmm. I pretty, I probably would have had more of a a reality check sooner than I did yeah because it took took me to wake up to where Nikki and I it was actually ironically it was the last time the Eagles and the Patriots played in the Super Bowl mm -hmm. when Donovan McNabb was quarterback yep. that's when we had a big blow up on the way home mm -hmm. um, the only time I really ever drank and drove to the extent that I don't know how we made it home alive I don't know yeah. how I didn't hit anybody mm -hmm. but we had a big blow up so the next day I woke up like well shit something's got to change and then that's what kind of started me on my journey. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I don't want to go into my history because this is about you. But then I yeah. realized that, hey, hey, well, you get a chip for 24 hours and a chip for 30 days and a mm -hmm. chip for, well, shit, I'm so oriented about hitting a target, oh, yeah. you know? Okay, so yeah. I get my 24 hour and I keep 
myself clean and sober for 20 to for 30 days, I get a 30 day chip. Mm -hmm. I get a 60 day chip. Yep. So my initial thing was, well, I'm not going to turn this chip back in. I'm not going to be that guy that yep. fails. Mm -hmm. So that opened my door to realizing, okay, well, this is how I got to do this to get from here to here, you yep. know, and that took me down that journey. As stupid as that sounds, oh, yeah, it was, I get a chip for this? I get it. Yeah, I get it. There's my 13 year chip in my uh -huh. key ring. Nice. You know, yep. so, all right, so back to you. Yeah, so let's see. You're in rehab in yep. Seattle, in yeah. Seattle, I, Washington. I actually went to Yakima, a little okay. town, because uh, we had a relative on the other side of the family that had a couple people go okay. there and had some success. Okay. And uh, so I go through the motions there. Right, this right. was a short one. I had, the, but the most miserable thing leading up to that, they didn't offer detox. Oh. And my family knew nothing about right. it. Right. And I went up there with a little bit of Suboxone. Sure. And I detoxed at my brother's house, and I oh. took the Suboxone too soon. Oh. And I basically threw up for three straight days. Wow. It was, and I had transitioned from heroin to Suboxone so many times. Right. Never was it this bad. Okay. Yeah, so, but wow. I go into the rehab, do my 21 days, and okay. then... They said, well, it's a little early if you go back to Arizona. Why don't you come stay at mom and dad's house? And they've got some rentals and help them out. And mm -hmm. I was useless. I had no energy. Right. I wasn't doing anything right. Okay. So spent three months there, come back to Arizona. And uh, actually, I did a little drinking up there because I was just a heroin of course, addict. Of course. I'm not an alcoholic. Of course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I stayed and then came back here, went back to work. Yeah. Did pretty good. Yeah. But ran into somebody that I used to do drugs with and right. I was like, well, I'll do it this one time. Mm -hmm. And that just yep. snowballed and before you know it, it's worse now, than ever. Now, here's a question, because I haven't had this conversation with Scout yet, but mm -hmm. with her with her four stints in rehab, right? Yep. She first started smoking and she smoked it through her nose because she didn't want to jack up her teeth. You know, mm -hmm. as funny as that sounds. Yeah. We braces everything. Mm -hmm. And then she's then she went from smoking it to snorting it, right? And then she yep. went from smoking, snorting to having somebody actually shoot her up. And this past stint was, she went all four. So smoking it, snorting it, somebody else shoots up. Now she knows how to shoot herself up. Yeah. And the conversation we had this past Sunday when we visited, it was like me with alcohol. It was the taste. Love the mm -hmm. taste. Yeah. Love the taste of Jack Daniels. Love the taste of ice cold Jack Daniels. Like if they made a non-alcoholic ice cold Jack Daniels, I'd be fucked. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I love the taste so much. Yeah. Um, and as, as as weird as this sounds to me, she because I hate needles, mm -hmm. right? I can get tattoos until. You know, me too. Right. Yep. But but I. My medical history growing up, I just hate needles. Mm -hmm. um, she l loved feeling the needle penetrate her skin. That's her, right? Yeah. And then not knowing where it was going to take her, mm. right? Yeah. So my thought initially was that, well, now she's now she's deeper into it, right? Because mm -hmm. now she's got the claws of, of injecting herself yeah. inside. So with you, where I'm going with this is with you, clean, go back to it, clean, go back to it, clean, go back to it, right? Mm -hmm. So was it harder? Every time you went back, it was harder to quit because it's kind of. I've always kind of like with people smoke, right? Yeah. They quit, and then it's harder for them to quit again when they start back up. Is it the same concept with heroin? Because I've never done the drugs. I've just yeah, the alcohol. yeah. I, I can tell you. I mean, uh, for me, after just a week of doing a little bit, I was right, right back in it, and yeah, it doesn't right. does not get easier. Right. Uh, by the grace of God, I never yeah. used a needle. Okay. I have a needle phobia, You're but like you, it. I will yeah. get yeah tattoos. tattoos. Yeah. Um, and but I absolutely love the taste. Oh my God! Yeah. The taste. There were certain certain types of it. Once in a while, you get kind of a bad batch, but yeah. when you got that, give. Oh my God! Yeah. I mean it. It's right. Unbelievable. I right. Mean, the taste of it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, here, 
this uh, last time. I mean, things started getting really bad. My, I was seeing my kids less and less. Okay. And when was the last time? That was two and a half years ago? Yeah, two and a half years ago. So you come back to Arizona. Yeah, come this back is the, to this Arizona. This is the last time? Yeah. So you come back to Arizona, you, you run into a buddy, you get high once, all of a sudden, boom, back down the Yeah, rabbit. all of a sudden, I'm okay. back into it, and I thought I had won the lottery when I found a delivery service, and I could, I mean, oh. the, when you're an addict, the... Uh, when people say it was absolutely miserable, actually, you get a split second of pure joy right. when that dealer shows up to your house. Okay. And then as soon as you take that hit, you're like, oh shit, when am I going to run out? It is just, I mean, I, I, I came up with this analogy. I was like a piece of gum stuck on a treadmill. Did not matter how high I cranked it up, I was right. not going anywhere with wow. that in my life. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It absolutely owned me and uh for me to when i feel i hit my rock bottom yeah uh, i was taking massive amounts of trazodone to sleep because okay. i was also going to this other doctor paying him cash to give me all kinds of suboxone so i could sell that to get drugs and then have a backup on it but uh i remember this plain as day when i'm high and taking that i don't remember dreams but all of a sudden wow. I, and I believe god sent yeah. this dream to me okay um, okay i may tear up a little when i talk about this okay. uh I, I have this dream that uh my uh kids and my ex-wife they were all shot okay and i get a call okay and uh they're they're alive they're right. rushing them to the hospital right and my first thought was i've got to find my drugs yeah before i go i woke up because you can't handle it without yeah, it right yeah i couldn't hand i couldn't go to the grocery right. store without smoking for 30 minutes before i went wow man it wow it, yeah wow. yeah i mean could not leave the house yeah if i was heading to a job site from north phoenix out to this area right. i'd pull over on an i-10 and smoke on the side of the freeway wow yeah even though I knew I was going to a vacant house and I'd be there right. in 20 minutes, right. I would still stop and do that. But after I had wow. that dream, um, I reached out to my uh, brother's wife because her family, her, her dad was an addict, actually committed okay. suicide in front of her sister. Oh, shit. And I reached out to her and said, I'm screwed. I don't know what to do. Okay, so timeline wise for this, you're, you're back in Arizona, you meet your buddy, you get mm -hmm. high, now you're using. So how long were you using before you had the dream? About a year. Okay, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, your previous stints, how long were you using? Um, I would say a good three, three, four years before okay. I hit rehab the, okay. the, the first time. Okay. Yeah, and it was basically, I get a little, a year, year and a half yeah. before I went to treatment again. Okay. And uh, so I reach out to her and because and, uh, my brother had already paid my uh, deductible for the first treatment That's center because nice. yeah. I had basically, my parents were, were well off that yeah. I had drained them. Sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, my brother calls me and my idea is I want to do a rapid opiate detox. Of course. Yeah, I want the softer, gentler way. Right, because God uh, forbid you do the work. Yeah, Right. yeah. But by, by some miracle, a guy that worked in my brother's office that had worked for my brother for like 13 years okay. had gone through a treatment center in Kirkland, Washington, okay. and my brother talked to him, and he yeah. said, oh, yeah, he wants to do that. No, this is what he's doing. He's coming up here. Right. Nice. And, and uh, the main thing I said to him, don't tell mom and dad. I don't right. want to worry him. Right, and right, right, right. about two days later, knock on my door Sunday night. Yeah. It's my parents. Good. And they come. They said, pack your bags. Yeah. You're heading up. And I said, I will absolutely go, but uh, 
we, there's a few things we got to do. We got to get, uh, get the, I had a couple cats at the time, get sure. them situated and tie up some loose ends. Yeah. And I'm broke and I need you to keep me high. Wow. And uh, I, I promised him I'd go, just keep me comfortable. And uh, it, I mean, my poor dad, knowing he's given me money right. to get high. have the drug dealer mm -hmm. come to the house. Yeah. But I ended up uh, getting on that plane and uh, heading up to the Kirkland area, yeah. and uh, and uh, I had a good attitude in treatment the first uh, week or so, yeah. and then the lack of sleep kicked in. Oh, yeah, I didn't sleep more, and they they at this rehab is no nonsense. There okay. was no music. Right there, it was just completely structured. I mean, if you didn't yeah. eat, they they knew about it. Okay, because you had to sign in when yeah. when you'd eat and uh, good. Uh, let's see, for about two weeks, I didn't sleep more than an hour or two a night. Wow. And I started going crazy. Uh, I had seen my dad cry twice in my life, and I'm yeah. 41 at, at the time. Okay. I made him cry three or four times that I know of on the phone, just screaming to get out of there. Wow. And uh, they were on the way to visit me on uh, visitation. So this wasn't a place where you could just walk out then? Oh yeah, I okay. could walk out. And okay. I was uh, kind of planning some stuff, right. but my uh, my brother made it very clear to me. He lived about 30 minutes away, so yeah. if you show up at my house, and my brother and I, we'd never had a fight. Okay. He's three and a half years old, we've never oh, had a fight, okay. disagreement. Right. He's my best friend. Yeah. He just flat out said, you show up at my house, you're not welcome in. Yeah. My dad said to me when I wanted to leave, he said, oh, God, I feel sorry for your kids. Wow. See, I told Skylar when this this three-week stint she was out, you know, walked out of rehab, that she needed her ID for something. So we began to just find, you know, because she completely shut us out, which yeah. was weird for her. Mm -hmm. She'd never, like, just said, boom, I'm done with you guys 100%. Even when she was using this entire time, we'd still talk to her, even though it was erratic and, you know. So I met with her at, at, at Banner Desert. Um, and gave her her mail and her ID and she wasn't responding to anything I said so I finally just looked at her and I said this is probably the last time I'm gonna see you so I want you to know I love you because the next time I'll see you is probably when I'm lowering you into the ground and she had like nothing registered on her face just like oh nothing's gonna happen to me yeah. it just it didn't sink in so we've talked about it a couple times since she's been back in rehab because mm -hmm. she's brought it up how it was a messed up thing to do I was like well it's but it was true yeah. every time every time you you it, get high you don't know no yeah. especially now with the fentanyl oh god yeah you have no idea what you're yeah, getting i just watched something on that and that, that is that is scary right oh my god the, and yeah. which doesn't make sense because why would dealers cut stuff with fentanyl because uh addicts when they hear that somebody I, i've heard other people say this right? too and okay. seen it in documentaries okay when they hear that somebody died from a dealer's stuff right? we don't run away from it we run to it because we oh. know it's good stuff oh Oh, yeah. That's, wow. That is how powerful this is. One uh, thing wow. that I came up with is I have my daughter, uh, youngest daughter, is now 16. Right. This is a 12 year old that found this. 16. Okay. Okay. And uh, here this summer, she asked me, she's like, Dad, why couldn't you just quit? Yeah. And I've heard all kinds of analogies of what it's uh, what it's like when you're an addict. But sure. the one I came up with is uh, she had just recently broken up with her first serious boyfriend. Okay. And she was devastated. Yeah. Wasn't eating for a while. Yeah. And, and we actually took her to see therapists oh, and stuff. Okay. And I said, well, the, thing, the way I can describe this is um, that feeling that you have, that absolute devastation. Right. If you knew that you could just go take a pill, smoke something, boom, it's gone. I mean, 
if somebody uh, loses, I mean, God forbid right. you lose a child, that right. feeling right. that you have and you take something that's gone, that's how it is, how I describe being addicted to heroin. Wow. I mean, you feel so miserable and you just take this one little thing and then yeah. boom, you're okay for just a little bit. Wow. Now, yeah. how long does it actually last? Because I've heard different stories about the length of the high. Um, Does it depend on what you're doing? Well, at, at first, the high is pretty instant, and it's great. Right. And, um, I mean, I'd say you feel good for an hour, an okay. hour and a half. Yeah. But then when you get into it like I did in probably Skyler, yeah. it's not about getting high. It's right. about just normal. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the things that, going back in time, is she told one of our, our family friends forever, the reason why she got high was to make herself feel normal because we didn't realize at the time she had some mental illness stuff. She's got the borderline personality disorder. Mm -hmm. She's major depressive. She had uh, was diagnosed with PTSD from with numb nuts up north um, for the things that he did to her. Mm -hmm. um, there's a couple other things that just escapes me, but the mental illness aspect of it, and really the borderline personality aspect of it, she yeah. like hits everything they describe about that. She boom, boom, boom. She checks off everything on one except the one which that she's OCD obsessively clean. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, God forbid. Yeah. You oh man, I, I wouldn't shower for days right? doing that. It, right. Everything is secondary. Right. And yeah. that's so. But other than that, and that's the reason why she usually started doing it because she wanted to feel normal. Yeah. You know, and we didn't know she was had mental illness because how do you? You don't realize that when your kid's 15 years old. Yeah. You know, you just mm -hmm. figure she's a teenager going through puberty. Yeah. Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. And that's the scary thing is how many other teenagers out there are going through that without realizing it. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Okay, so back to you. Yeah. So uh, I do end up sticking out the treatment. Then that's it's, good. It's suggested to me to go into Oxford House, which is a sober living where you get you have to get voted into this okay. house. Okay. And, and uh, this is up in Washington. Yeah, this is okay. up in Washington. It was made very clear to me that I was not going back to Phoenix. I had okay. no money, no way to get back yeah. here. Yeah. And uh, the guy that worked in my brother's office ended up becoming my sponsor. So okay. I started calling him. While and I he, was in and treatment. He was, and he was an addict? Yeah, addict. Okay. Oh, you name it, okay. he did it. And he was at like 13 years clean at that wow, time. Wow, okay. Yep. And uh, the most non... Uh, I mean, this guy, there was no bullshit. I mean, Good. the most serious. And, and he, he scared me in a way, which is what I needed at the yeah. beginning. I knew if I wasn't doing my step work, yeah. my brother is going to hear about it. Yeah. And he was helping support me till I could get back on my feet. Right. And thank God I've got some skills in a trade and have the... And I'm able to go out and make a living. Sure. So I I end up uh, in my second Oxford interview. I get uh, accepted. Okay. And uh, I move in there. And at the they had just recently had a flood in the house, so I didn't have a bed. So uh -huh. I ended up sleeping on the floor. Nice. At 41 years old, sleeping on the floor with all these strangers. Yeah. That now I can call my best friends. Yeah. I mean. Uh, but that, that first night sucked. Oh, that that first week or two and getting. Yeah getting uh situated and i was sharing a room with a guy yeah. and i had, had this false comfy life because of my family right? out here in arizona my own house mm -hmm. and everything but uh right um go back a little bit a day or two before i got out of treatment i saw something on a, on the wall it okay. said any uh anything you put before your recovery you will lose Anything you put before you recover, you will lose. Yeah. That's nice. That's yeah. good. And uh, that's powerful. Yeah. And I thought to myself, uh, what my dad said, "I feel sorry for your kids because if you don't yeah. do this, yeah. you have no way to go see them." Yeah. And I thought to myself, "I don't want to lose my kids." Yeah. 
and and then living in that Oxford house at a, about two months in there was a guy that had been there for four and a half years okay and he started acting a little shady and then we uh, found a little baggie oh. in the washing machine after and sure enough he, he had relapsed and everybody really respected this guy in the house there were some younger four guys and was, a half years yeah he wow. was in he was about 47 or so 47 okay. 48 and we had a youngest kid in our house was Jake 18 okay and uh, another kid Connor he had to be about 19 or 20 at okay. the time and we confronted him oh god he denied he denied and and then uh, was hesitant on on the UA and everything right. and I started looking at it and going, dear God, this is my behavior. This is what my family has put up yeah. with. And uh, Connor, who is, uh, I respect this kid, he's uh, 22 now, but at the time he, he said, he said, yeah, your using habits come back before the relapse. And I, that really made me think, as like, God, you know, lying to me was like breathing. I lied right. about oh, everything, yeah. Yeah. everything. Yeah. And at about, uh, about six months I really started thinking about that it's like you know what I'm gonna own this thing yeah I'm I don't care who they are yeah. I mean I was I always had I was good at sports in high school I was pretty popular yeah. and I started my first business at like 21 right out of college right and did very well yeah and uh, but I but for the last quite a few years I was living on uh, past achievements and everything and right so I came up with this idea I came down to visit the kids in Phoenix and I remembered this swap meet where they make t-shirts and I had a t-shirt made up that said my drug addiction almost killed me nice and I put it on walked into Target uh, I was in there no more than five minutes had a guy come up to me hey I just got out of a meeting that's awesome another lady comes up to me hugs me I lost two kids that's to overdoses. Awesome. see yeah and so see that's and that's that's I got chills when you said that but that's why I'm vocal about what we've gone through because, mm -hmm. because it's not taboo anymore no it's if, if you if you're quiet you're not going to save anybody's life yeah. yeah and nikki's dad doesn't understand that because he's old school italian he tagged me in something the other day basically saying your personal problems your personal problems not for social media i'm sorry no it's not i don't i don't share this stuff about our situation because it's self-gratifying yeah i don't share it because oh look at me look at me i share it because the amount of people that have reached out to me since i started doing it when she was 17 and she's 21 now the amount of lives we've saved yeah. the amount of conversations that people have had with their kids because of what i post and what i talk about mm -hmm. the fact that you did what you did and the, the fact that you touched people's lives and i'm sure you've continued to do that yeah so let's continue on with that conversation yeah so i just uh and uh at about uh, six months, I was able to uh, start up my construction business. Okay. My brother helped me get started with yep. it, and uh, and since then, I've been hiring guys straight out of treatment, fresh into right. sober living, That's and that awesome. has been the greatest gift. I mean, yeah, uh, I've got uh, one of the first guys that worked with me. He's actually from Phoenix. Okay, met him up in Kirkland. Okay, and. Uh, all I needed, I, I said, you know, it's going to be laid back. You come out right. and uh, help me tear out some carpet, yeah. help me, and you'll learn something. Yeah. And uh, at about, he worked for me, I think it was like about eight or nine months. Okay. And he comes to me, so, hey, I got to I gotta uh, let you know that uh, I'm going to be, I, I found a job. 
Okay. And he was a little nervous to tell yeah. me. Yeah. And he had talked to other guys. He had talked to that same kid, sure. Connor. He goes, if Mike's program's good, he's going to be happy for you. Yeah, and exactly. He, and, he, and he comes to me, tells me about the job that he got. And uh, I, I'd never been so happy in my life. Why I mean, not? not that long ago, he took a business trip to New York to meet with clients. Yeah. Yeah, went from wow. an absolute junkie. Right. Uh, to uh, have, I mean, he... He works having for, a life. Yeah, having a life. He's got a girlfriend now nice. that he is absolutely in love with. Nice. And uh, his parents, his dad's actually a homicide detective here in town, Which, come and visit him nice. all the time. That's and awesome. he's, and uh, the family relationship is just amazing. He is nothing like the guy that I met when I met him. We were at LA Fitness. He was sitting there watching a couple of my old roommates play racquetball because right. he moved into my old house. Okay. And, uh, and this is back in Washington? Uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, I sat there and talked to him, offered him the job. And if you saw that guy today, yeah. I mean, it, the You'd transformation, like, no seeing yeah. the light come back in somebody's eyes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's like a drug a drug for me. Right. Yeah. Because, that, well, that's kind of like, as stupid as it sounds, like when I, when I do what I do for selling houses. Yeah. When I get an offer accepted from a first-time home buyer, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's like a high in itself because... Yep. The challenges that I, I face getting that accepted for how I have to structure them, mm -hmm. I get a high off. Of them, oh yeah, you know, yeah. and it's just automatic elation. Like when I run, I don't get the runner's high like Nikki gets. Mm -hmm. You know, I, when I when I hit my half marathon a couple weeks ago, at, uh, under two hours. Yeah, I had a really good sense of pride and accomplishment, mm -hmm. which Nikki said, "Well, that's the runner's high." Yeah, but I don't I don't like I ran a 5K this morning. I don't finish running and like I'm not charged up. I just run because I run. Uh -huh. You know. Um, but I can see that, how you can take somebody who's at, at the lowest part of their lives kind of dig, crawling their way out of the pit, right? Mm -hmm. And then you give them an opportunity to give them self-worth because let's face it, when you're an addict, you have no self-worth. Oh, no. Right? Yeah. And then you get the opportunity to work for somebody and actually put in a day's work, regardless of what the work is, mm -hmm. you, you start building that self-worth yep. back up. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. I think is huge for addicts. Oh, it, it is huge. Those little victories right. along the way. Every day. Yeah, even when you just wake up and make your bed. Right. It's a great, when I walk through parking lots, my kids are like, why are you picking up that garbage? Because yeah. when I come in someplace, yeah. I want to leave it better than That's I awesome. found it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's all these little things that I've done that have has made my, I've, I've got a life that I can't even, right. I, I never thought I'd, I'd get back. Right. But it took me so long right. to lose I have gotten back and then some right. yeah. so the business is in Washington yep business what's the is name in of the what's the name of the company uh, it is uh, Mike backtold flooring and backtold construction okay yep so I do a lot of flooring little remodel jobs and right. stuff and just got offered another position and I'm working on uh, uh, a second business when I told you about the t-shirt sure uh, I've got and uh, getting ready to launch it in a couple weeks it's called torn not broken it is a clothing line where okay. to start because my margins aren't good i've taken every bit of money i can scratch together to come up with designs sure. and stuff that people like and i'm gonna to start take 10 percent of the profit and uh build up money to help people get into sober living that can't afford it cool. i'm dealing with a rehab up there and they're like oh god we run into people all the time right. that just they want it so bad but, but they, they don't. can't mm -hmm. do it and what's, and what's that going to be called? Uh, torn Not Broken. Torn Not Broken, yeah. okay. Yeah. And uh, one thing that I uh, did for my one year of sobriety, uh, two guys that couldn't afford gym memberships, I bought them gym memberships. Nice. And they're still going to the right gym. Right on. And they look, they look incredible. Right on. Yeah. And you're still paying for it? 
Uh, no, I did okay. for the first uh, four or five months. Right on, and they right got on, on their feet, right on, and yeah, yeah. Ryan uh, yeah. flew up, uh, has a job where he can he flies yeah. around okay. and does all this stuff. Okay, and then, uh, that's good. Yeah, and uh, I was gonna say you can't be supporting everybody, man. No, no, but I want to help people get a start because yeah. if. If I didn't have my family do what right. they did for me, right. I don't know if I could have. If I, how, I mean, I, I wanted it really bad, yeah. but uh, would I be where I'm at now? Right. No, I, yeah. I wouldn't be this far along. And and uh, the, the greatest thing, that, I mean, going through this and, and being honest about things and yeah. reaching out to help people has helped me. Uh, one of the biggest regrets of my life was uh, when I met my wife, she had a two-year-old. Okay. And uh, I raised Maddie, I played Barbies with her, and when we got a divorce seven or eight years later, right. I didn't get to see Maddie that much. Uh, and uh, I took her to a couple concerts, would have right. her over from time to time, sure. but it wasn't the relationship that, that it should have been. And okay. I, I wasn't present as I was in my, uh, really getting heavy into my yeah. addiction. Yeah. And uh, when I got out of treatment this last time, I found out that Maddie was addicted to meth and heroin. Oh. And so I reached- And how old is she? She was a 12 just, year old? No, no she, she uh, She's 21 right. now. But was she the 12 year old that no, found No, she okay, didn't that find it. Okay, yeah, no, yeah right. that's uh, my biological okay, daughter. Okay. Maddie calls me dad. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But, uh, so I, I find out, uh, her mom tells me what's going on. Yeah. And I had a couple months at that time. And right. so on my, I think it was at around, yeah, it was around six months when I flew back here for the first okay. time to see the see my kids. Right. And uh, I ended up, I was, basically just coming down to see him really quick because nobody wanted me here very long. I extended sure. the trip and hunted down Maddie to see her. Okay. She was working at a Barrow's Pizza. Yeah. Went in to talk to her and told her we're all here for you and she, she wanted nothing to do well, with it. Of course it. not. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't was, ready. She was fine. Yep. Yeah. You're not ready until you're ready. We were we were at visiting Skylar Sunday and there was a family that came outside where we were talking to Skylar and and the kid they were trying to get in was in complete denial. I only yep. use once, twice a month. I don't have a problem. His parents are with him, mm -hmm. you know, and the, the the staff guys having a general conversation, and we're just stone throw from him, so I can hear the conversation. Yeah. So when he said, I kind of chuckled and looked at at Nikki. I'm like denial. Yeah. You know, and then as we're leaving, they're sitting up front with one of the one of the guys at at the place, and his stories are just over dramatized. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. because you can never take ownership, right? Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Like even with drinking you don't take ownership. Yep. You know, that's not my fault. You know, I didn't do that. Yeah. You know, but I know with, with the drugs it's the same concept. Mm -hmm. So unless you can take ownership, which is like your daughter, yep. right? She's fine. I don't yep. have a problem. Yeah. Because she's not ready. Yep. So I made a point uh, each time I'd come down to visit to right. go see her and uh, sit down with her or yeah. take her out, out to eat and see sure. where she was at and right. after a few of those. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, that was probably a little over a year, yeah, a little over a year. Okay. And uh, went went to, and uh, her brother and sister came along this time, and we picked her up where she was staying at the boyfriend's grandmother's house. Okay. And uh, we went out to eat, and she's not looking good. Right. And one thing I had said to her early on is, you know, I'm never going to uh, just really push you and force you into anything right. and after I, I dropped her off 
and I started to head back up I-17 and I had to pull over. It's like, you know what? I feel like this is the last time I'm ever, ever going to see her. Yeah. So I go back and I knew the grandmother was at work and I right. waited till I thought the grandmother got home. Okay. And because uh, I felt I had just had to do something. And, yeah. and I got a hold of my ex-wife and her parent and, uh, and her parents and we all met down there, waited till the grandmother got home and right. confronted her. So had an intervention. Had basically. an intervention okay. there. And boy, that grandmother, oh no, they're just fine. Just couldn't believe yeah. anything. Of course not. And uh, uh, we lined it up. And, and actually, the kids actually, her and her boyfriend admitted there's a problem. And, yeah. and uh, Maddie ended up going to treatment over Good. in California. And I went and uh, visited her there yeah. a couple times. And uh, she said all the right things, sure. and, but she had already had it planned out. And of course she ran back mm -hmm. to Phoenix yep. and then things uh, got bad again. His, his family is like, well, something's up. You guys need yeah. to go to treatment. So they went each and did another treatment. And I don't want to get too into his side of the family right. because they, I, I have nothing positive to say right. there. Yeah, that's like the two-time felon scholar that was just with, you know? Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. care. So here on Maddie's uh, most recent treatment, I was uh, planning a trip down here. I was a week to two weeks away from buying the tickets, and I was planning on hunting her down again right. and uh, doing what I, what I needed to. Sure. And lo and behold, she reaches out to her mom. Oh. And she's miserable. Yeah. And she gets a hold of me. And, uh, and I told her mom a few weeks before I go to treatment in California, that's yeah. not happening. Right. Treatment here's not happening. Right. I have a huge network of sober friends. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. amazing how many friends I have. She, I said, she's coming up here, nice, and she's going to do the exact same thing that I did. Yeah. And uh, when I picked her up at uh, the airport, I mean, she looked like she just got out of a Nazi concentration wow. camp. I'll, I'll show you a picture. Wow. Of it. It, it, it was scary. She was just. She was Skin done. and bone. Yeah. yeah. She was done. And I get a call on her second night there. She had passed out and hit her head and mm. met her at the ER. And I, every family program there was, every visitation, yeah. I was there and I started to see a little change. Yeah. And uh, she agreed. She was happy to do some Oxford interviews. She didn't get in her first house, got in her second house. Nice. And... Uh, She's absolutely thriving. Right on. And I how long has she been there now? Uh, six months okay. on the ninth. Okay. Yep. Right on. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And what what's amazing about uh, uh, if you're working the program right, you get a lot. You make a lot of friends. Right. I, we have a separate little uh, Facebook page for my uh, sober lineage, sure. and I posted on there at the time there was like 36 guys, and I posted, "Hey, I'm chairing a meeting right. at uh, my, at uh, Milam is the name of the rehab. Okay. My uh, stepdaughter's in there, yeah. and 16 guys showed right up. Right on, man. 16 showed up. That's outstanding. Yeah, picked up two sponsees and uh, <laughs> right that on. One. And uh, yeah, they came came in and uh, and. Because a lot of this, for me anyway, I mean, when we're an addict or an alcoholic, yeah. we all need something to bond with. Exactly. And for me, I get, I was bonding with the drugs. It wasn't right. until I started bonding with the outside world and yeah. having these meaningful relationships yeah. that I had a chance and being able to become honest. Because 
you hear so much about fear in this, and when I first got, oh, fear, what am I, yeah. what am I afraid of? Yeah. Well, I started thinking about that. My, when I, my fear was you would find out who I was. Right. Yeah. You don't have a fear of death because no. you're chasing death every day, yeah. every time you get hot. Yeah. So it's 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 uncovering your secrets and lies mm -hmm. and finding the truth, and that's yep. the biggest thing that we've learned by dealing with Skylar. She lies so much, everything's a lie. She has yeah. no idea what's truth anymore, what's true anymore, what's reality anymore, because she takes whatever version of reality that was there, she twists it, turns mm -hmm. it into a lie, yep. and then here's the lie. And then it just, it's, so even though we want to believe her, even mm -hmm. though we want to see the light, and we're, we're getting there, you know, we're getting, this time it seems like she's got it, you know, there's light bulbs going off, yeah. but it's a daily thing, so we don't know. And yeah. we're not gonna sit there and go, woo, Yeah. after 12 days, I'm sorry. No. You know, she's been doing this since she was 15. We caught her when she was 17. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it's just like we talked about earlier. With her, it's progressively gotten worse. Oh, yeah. So we're hoping this time it's the light and she can move on with life, you yeah. know, and like you. Mm -hmm. You know, turn it completely around. Yeah. Like your daughter's going to do. Oh, you know, yeah. Six months in. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just, the amount of friends and real relationships yeah. she has now, it's just absolutely it's fantastic. blows me away. The person... Uh, what gives me hope with her because when I really started to get it I would, would send just random text messages sure. to my brother telling him how much I appreciate him being there right he's been doing that's that, awesome that for me and uh, yeah and she looks forward uh, she's got a couple newer girls right. in her house that are uh, 30 days 60 days and to see right. her helping them along that's because yeah. we don't we don't get to where we're going alone correct yeah we right. i mean just helping the next person out yeah. one of my favorite little lines i kind of came up with is continue to do the next right thing and karma's not such a bitch right there you go yeah. i like that yeah. that's a good one <laughs> there's a there's a thing that i've done which you could do with with maddie uh, we call it swinging singles mm -hmm. so every day you send a message um via text and yeah. it's just remember when remember when you were four and we played Barbie Dreamhouse. Mm -hmm. You know, remember when we did this, we went here or we did that, or remember when we used to do this. Yeah. I did that with Skylar when she was up north and you know, the first reactions were fuck off. Mm -hmm. But as time went on, she'd start responding with a little bit positive insight, positive insight, and then all of a sudden remember when she'd remember when back to me. Yeah. So whenever whenever you kind of you just want to reach out but don't want to say don't know you know what i mean mm -hmm. you just you just recall swinging singles yeah you do a remember when text every day and just the power that that builds from a relationship standpoint mm -hmm. re reinforces everything that you've done with her yeah as you brought her up yeah. will just re-solidify the relationship which is pretty cool yeah that's awesome you know? i like that yeah 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 it's one of those things that i've learned in the warrior yeah in the warrior way yeah you're gonna have to explain i will about i will to me. i look forward yeah. to that yeah yeah. So, well, let's wrap this puppy up. Anything, any final words of wisdom? Final words of wisdom. Well, We're two and a half months old, two and a half years sober yep, for you. Yep. Maddie's six months. Yes. I'm 13. Yeah, I got my two year on her right? 30 day. That's awesome. Yeah, that's it was, awesome. It was amazing. Skylar's 12 days. Yeah. Right? Um, and then what's the name of your company in Washington? Torn Not Broken. Right. Uh, yep. And then uh, Backtold Construction right. with Mike Backtold Flooring. And Torn Not Broken is going to... That's going to launch here in a, in just a few weeks. Okay. And yeah. there's t-shirts? Yeah. T-shirts, hats, leggings for ladies, you name it. Right. And I've got all kinds of other ideas. This okay. is 
not just so I can sell stuff to sure. people. This is so I can. I mean, you're gonna give back. You're, oh, gonna, yeah. you're gonna sponsor yeah. people getting into sober living. Yes. With some of the money that's that's generated from this. Yep. Right. Yeah, and I've actually got a couple guys that are financial planners cool. that uh, I'm hoping to help guys get back on their feet financially. Good. Uh, I got a friend who is a, a lawyer that if they have technical, if they have. Uh, have a court that they're dealing with give them some advice and credit repair and right. and I'm currently looking for a dentist because right. so many yeah, right. people need the dental work and yeah. have no money yeah so yeah. We've got a lot of big plans for this baby steps yeah uh, baby steps like and, then, and yeah. then the construction company is what uh, Mike Bachtold flooring right yeah and you hire exclusively folks that are out of oh yeah yeah basically Everybody that works for me is in recovery awesome. and trying to change their life. Cool. Yeah. Now, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, my phone number is still an Arizona number. It's okay. 602-475-2027. Okay. And the last thing I'll say, um, if you're a parent dealing with a, with a child that's an addict, right. if, if that child is happy and you're keeping them comfortable, you're not, Correct. You're not doing them a favor. Um, I definitely am for tough love on things not where you just completely cut them off make sure that they always know you love them right if they need to talk you're there right. to talk to them but absolutely. when it comes to any type of money whatsoever yep. absolutely not right and you need to tell everybody around you yeah everybody not to give them money. yeah don't because you don't you don't like when Skylar was going through her things the big thing we would tell all the people the family around is that don't be the reason she dies yeah if it's because of Nikki and I mm -hmm. that's one thing yeah but don't be the reason that she overdoses. Yeah. You know, you don't want us to find her dead because you gave her money. Yeah. Right? And as, as harsh as that sounds, yeah. that's the reality. That is the reality. Yep. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Good share. Thank you. All right. This is Chris Dunham. This has been Home Matters, investing in your children's future. It's not all about houses. It's about life and everything that has to do with it, right? Mike Backtold, thanks, brother. Thank you. Have a good day.